Yes, we are live on Facebook. Hello, friends. It is five. Well, it's 4.30, actually, East Coast time. I'm here in Santa Fe, so it's only 2.30. Not quite happy hour. But it is time for Margaritas with Margarita Chang, CFP Pro in D.C. Today, she is. is we are celebrating AAPI Month with Women in Finance. And Rita's going to tell you all about that when she talks with Perth Toll, founder of Life and Liberties Indexes. I can't wait to hear all about it. Take it away, Miss Rita. Well, thank you so much. And to everyone, happy AAPI Heritage Month. I know that we are winding down, but it is still May. And I'm so excited to welcome Perth Toll, founder and CEO of Life and Liberty Indexes. Perth, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Rita. It's a pleasure to be here. So we are going to talk about life and liberty indexes. And of course, we would not be able to have that conversation if we didn't discuss EM, emerging markets. So um, before you talk about emerging markets, this is um, we'd love to learn more about life and liberty indexes. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so Life and Liberty Indexes is my company, and we created the world's first freedom-weighted emerging markets index and ETF. Um, and what that means is basically, you know, it, in most emerging markets indexes and ETFs and, and other types of funds, it's about 40 plus percent in autocracies, in some of the world's worst autocracies like China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Turkey, Qatar, UAE, and so forth. And that's just because the nature of emerging markets, um, the universe is just filled with autocracies and countries coming out of autocracies and some also very free, more democratic countries. Um, so because of that divergence in freedom levels, especially in the emerging markets space, um, we decided to freedom weight that universe. And so we are the, um, the only freedom weighted emerging markets equity strategy out there. Um, you know, if you have developed markets, it's, it's all pretty free. Market cap weighting works pretty well. But in emerging markets, it just becomes this autocracy funding monster. And so that's what we're here to solve for investors. I love that. And Perth, so with that in mind, are emerging markets still worthy of including in one's portfolio? Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a diversification um, play with a, if, as part of any complete portfolio, I would still have that emerging markets allocation, but I would focus on the markets that have stronger institutions, respect for rule of law, respect for personal and economic freedoms, um, you know, shareholder rights, individual rights, private property rights, things like that. Um, those are kind of the safe havens in the emerging markets and also where I think we'll find the growth stories of the next decade. I mean, the, the growth stories of the last decade are like China is, is a big one, but they didn't have the personal freedoms in place to kind of keep that going. A lot of their growth was debt-driven, state-mandated. And in addition, they're reversing all the policies that helped them become prosperous. Investors also didn't really capture any of that growth. If you look at the MCHI index, which is the MSCI China Onshore and Offshore Index, since its inception in 1992, that index has returned close to 0% for investors. And that was a time of tremendous growth in China. Um, and so during a time of tremendous growth, if we captured nearly nothing, um, then good luck going forward. So we try to focus on 
in emerging markets, the, the markets that we think have the conditions on the ground to incentivize growth and innovation. And those are the markets that have the foundations of freedom in place. So we heard a little bit about the autocracies. What are some companies that um, you think are worth exploring within EM, emerging markets? Yeah, so so one of our, I mean, some of our top holdings are in Taiwan and South Korea, and those are the semiconductor companies. Um, I was once recruited to work for a semiconductor company in China, um, and I can tell you that the semiconductor space, uh, the technologies in China are about five plus years behind the technologies in Samsung and, uh, and TSMC, for example. So those are two companies that I think have a lot of potential going forward, and they're, you know, who the world goes to for um, leading technologies in semiconductor chips, which, you know, the shortage right now and the decoupling from China, uh, it's going to just exacerbate that. Um, the uh, another company that that we have a high allocation to is SQM. It's a mining company in Chile, and these guys used to focus on copper, but when um, there was a huge push for autonomous vehicles, they started focusing on mining lithium, and so. That's a good example of how companies in freer markets are free to react to trends. And these trends are happening in, in other markets, maybe not so free ones, but they still have the ability to trade and to benefit from those market trends and to pivot um, to meet those market demands. And so those are kind of a few of the companies that we're focusing on right now. Also, the smaller semiconductor companies like MediaTek, you know, out of Taiwan, um, are good ones as well. So I know you had alluded to this earlier. Um, e emerging markets is volatile. It has had a terrible run. Why is that? Like what risks have people perhaps overlooked or miscalculated? Yeah, so I think a lot of people are waking up right now to some of these risks in um, the less free markets like autocracy risk. Autocracy risk wasn't a thing until recently. And now, you know, Morningstar has written about it. A lot of others have written about it. Um, we're trying to make it a, a thing because it is. And so it's something that we have ignored as investors for so long because we tend to operate from the assumption of, you know, living in freedom. And, you know, most investors and investment products come out of New York, London, you know, uh, these types of places that have a lot of personal and economic freedom. And so we take that for granted and, and apply the same rules to investment allocations in places that don't have those basic freedoms. You take ESG, for example, right? You can't have ESG unless you have a basic foundation of freedom in place. And then you can build ESG on top of that. ESG and emerging markets in the US, kind of a joke because you have no alcohol, tobacco, gambling, but genocide is perfectly fine. And you, you see that in, in these markets that don't have basic, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of media, these types of basic freedoms that act as a uh, independent verification for data that comes out of companies and out of governments. Without that, you have no independent verification for the data that you see ESG or otherwise from companies and from the government. And um, those data points become less useful as a way to measure investment impact. So we see, you know, in China, um, you know, many companies claiming to be high ESG uh, when they are actually you know, having to put the interest of the state above those of all other stakeholders. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of, a, I think, a risk that a lot of us have ignored because we live in the free world and we take that for granted. Um, but we can't apply the same metrics 
everywhere, especially in emerging markets. That really resonates with me. And when I've followed your work, it has resonated with me from a personal perspective, because my dad was born in China. My dad left China in 1949 and went to Taiwan, attended National Taiwan University, and then came to America to pursue his advanced degree. So everything you're telling me, it makes perfect sense. And thank you for all you're doing to um, educate not just investors, but the industry. I know we're not just saying industry, but for all practical purposes, asset management and ETF. So um, as we wind down, how do you think we, we meaning investors, uh, money managers, should think about strategic um, allocations to emerging markets in the future? Yeah, I think we should still keep that strategic allocation. Most investors I talk to have between 10 and 20% to emerging markets. Um, but I think we should be careful in that space. Um, the freer emerging markets are the ones that have more sustainable growth as opposed to debt-driven government-mandated growth like we saw with Evergrande. Um, they're going to have uh, faster recoveries from drawdowns like we saw from the recovery from COVID. The freer emerging markets performed much better coming out of the recovery than broad emerging markets, uh, as in market cap-weighted emerging markets, emerging markets ESG, and even emerging markets ex-China. So it wasn't just a China story. Um, and freer emerging markets also use their human capital and economic capital more efficiently. You see huge capital destruction in places like China, where you have the one-child policy leading to 30 million missing women and the worst demographics in the world. And then you, you also saw huge shareholder value destruction in China as well. You're seeing it right now. Um, and Russia. Now, Russia is a different case because it was due to sanctions. Um, but I think also in emerging markets, a lot of people have the fear of, okay, well, if we invest there, like Taiwan, for example, what if it gets invaded? You know, I think for that, I would say, you know, the, the risk there lies with the autocracy. We saw with Russia, Ukraine, that Russia was the one that the sanctions were um, geared towards. And it would be much the same with China. And I think that's what a lot of investors are seeing now and considering because there has been a huge um, foreign capital exodus out of China um, because of that risk now becoming more clear in light of Russia. So um, I think for investors going forward, I do think emerging markets has huge potential um, that they are contributing to world GDP much more so than developed markets and will continue at a faster pace uh, in that growth in their participation than, than developed markets because they are coming from that low base. But make sure you're in markets where you can capture that growth going forward. And those are the freer emerging markets. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Perth, for how can people find more about you and your work? So feel free to share website and social media handles. Yeah, so we are at uh, lifeandlibertyindexes.com. That's the index site. The fund site is freedometfs.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. I don't have Facebook, but I am on Twitter and LinkedIn. So, um, so yeah, I'd be happy to uh, connect with anyone on there. Well, thank you so much, Perth. And now back to you, Hope. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm so pleased to hear what you're doing internationally. It's amazing and just educating us all. Before we leave, tell us a little bit about those awards behind you. Oh, so these are the awards that we got the first year we launched um, the ETF based on the index. So we have the um, best or index of the year and the best international global 
best new international global ETF. This was from three years ago. We, we launched three years ago. We just passed our three-year anniversary, which as we were talking about before the call is a kind of a big deal for funds. It's a big milestone. So I think this this is the uh, the year where you're like, okay, great, we survived. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, thank you for asking about that, and uh, we're very proud to be able to provide this solution for investors. Amazing, wonderful. Well, you are watching Margaritas with Margarita Cheng, CFP Pro. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, producer on the Incandescent Radio Network and Incandescent TV. Stay tuned for our very next episode with Elaine Chu. Before we jump off, Margarita, tell us a little bit about Elaine. So Elaine is with the Community Foundation of Seattle. So she's going to be talking about the amazing work that she is doing in the AAPI community. Fantastic. All right. Well, keep watching on Facebook Live. We'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you, Perth. Thank you, Rita. Cheers to everyone. We'll see you all soon. Thank you so much for being part of our Incandescent Radio and TV family. This is Hope Katz Gibbs, founder of Incandescent Incorporated, the PR and publishing company for women entrepreneurs. Our Incandescent Radio and TV shows are brought to you by our advertisers and clients. Margaritas with Margarita Chang, CFP Pro, brings us 15 minutes of tips every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, where you'll meet experts who are helping us flex our financial muscles. Find all of the episodes at margaritachang.com. You'll also meet intuitive psychotherapist Kara Keem, who interviews therapists and other intuitive guides from around the world. Learn more at karakeen.com. And you're going to love social justice expert Karen Hanrahan, CEO of the San Francisco-based Glide Memorial Foundation. She bridges the gap from local impact to global change on her thought leadership show on Incandescent Radio. Learn more about Karen at karenhanrahan.com. You're also going to love Alina Liao, founder of the radical wellness journaling company, zenitjournals.com. Alina asks, have you tried to journal but found it hard to keep up? Zenit makes it easier to journal for your wellness. With Zenit, you can customize your journal with prompts that speak to you. No more blank pages. Your Zenit is your personalized space to take care of yourself. Website, zenitjournals.com. Feel it, write it, Zenit. You'll also meet amazing Tracy Schott, founder of voicesforchange.com. Tracy is determined to change the world and end domestic violence. Learn more at voicesforchange.net. And we are so thrilled to be publishing a book for Angela Mitchell, who is the tech expert of case management. And she's also the founder of this fabulous organization, Kids Code 2. She is determined to teach kids to code computers. Talk about teaching a kid to fish. We invite you to discover and peruse all the Incandescent Incorporated websites, the magazine for women by women about women, incandescentwomen.com. Our health and wellness magazine is beincandescent.com, the business of mind, body, spirit, soul, and heart. Our YouTube channel is incandescent.tv. And you can learn about our PR and book publishing services at incandescent.us. If you'd like to have your own radio and video show, check us out at incandescentradio.com, where you can see what we can do for you. These podcasts are also featured on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Our podcasts are produced by Brandy Wilsker. Our videos are produced by Nelson Benavides. 
Our website developer is Max Kukoy, and our incandescent illustrator and designer is Michael Glenwood Gibbs. If you'd like to learn more, please send me an email, hope at hopegibbs.com. Here is to your incredible, indelible incandescent success. Much love and many thanks.